Hey everybody, Joel here, one of your co-hosts. Just want to give you a quick heads up that in this episode we reference uh, the name of the podcast is The Ripple Effect. It is not The Ripple Effect, it is The Ripple. There were too many podcasts already with The Ripple Effect name. So that might be confusing, just wanted to give you a quick heads up before we started. So with that small disclaimer, let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to episode one of the Ripple Effect podcast. I'm Joel Russo, one of the hosts along here with my co-host Ian Zumbach. Hello, hello, hello. That's him. That's his voice in your ears. Um, well, we, we're recording this after we've recorded the first episode of our, of the, the show on that we've streamed on Facebook Live. Yes. Um, so you know when this is happening, it'll be at, released at a later date. Uh, after at least the second episode of the show, um, but yeah, we're gonna we're kind of taking a little bit of time here to just talk about some other things, maybe in kind of a more conversational way. Uh, you know, rather than kind of in, interviewing somebody, we're just talking just the two of us about things. And uh, yeah, uh, Ian, why don't you tell the listeners kind of what? We uh, what we're kind of aiming to do with the podcast and the show, as far as kind of connecting with people, and yeah, sure. We really want to just give permission to artists and creatives to have starting points and do it. Um, we found that it sometimes it's just hard to even have a starting point, starting reference, and sometimes just as creatives, we can we can feel alone in the process. So we're actually in, in some ways inviting community in through the mm -hmm. podcast to go ahead and say, hey, we are in the trenches together. Here's here's our good experiences. Here's our bad experiences. Yeah, that 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 mm -hmm. situation that you're in, yeah, that's that's common. It's not weird. You know, we've been there. <laughs> let's let's walk through that together. Yeah, I think those bad situations and weird situations are probably more usually more valuable. Absolutely. <laughs> to hear other people talk about. Absolutely. So, so that's, I mean, we use the phrases of giving, giving people the keys to the creative ignition to go ahead yeah. and start, start going. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I was just, we were just talking a second ago and, and when I first came to Nashville, I felt like I was on the outside of a storefront looking in through a, a storefront window and seeing all these mm. cool gadgets and toys and stuff I wanted to get my hands on, but, but it seemed like there was a door locked on the front door and I couldn't quite get inside. But the truth of the matter, there really isn't a special key to get in through that door into that store. You can you can get in there at any time, and and so we just want to show people that that there's no big secret. Just got to put one foot in front of the other and start writing those songs and start getting them out there and and just doing your creative thing. Yeah, and I think I think another thing that we want to kind of give people just by by merit of where we are right now, both in our careers, but we're both doing this, you know, as a career, neither of us are famous, neither of us are super well known, you know, but we're both, we're both on record labels in different, in different ways. Um, we're both heavily involved in songwriting and production and, and, and making albums, you know, or right. making, and so yeah, yeah. And touring, you know, and, both yeah, touring touring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the thing that we spend 90% of our time on. <laughs> Uh, I forgot about that, but but yeah, like some. I think it might be anyway. We we hope that it's useful to have someone who's kind of at that point, rather than maybe Bob Dylan or whoever telling you, well, you know, one two, you know, yeah. Now it's easy, you know, and you know, but we're, it's 2018, and we're we're working at it, you know, and we're succeeding. We're not running away with whatever, but we're we're succeeding and we're making it work. And so yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you can hopefully you can gain some uh, insight or encouragement or whatever from from this whole thing. Yeah. Um, let's let's give the listeners in case they haven't seen the show just a quick, really quick uh, biography of each of us. So why don't you just tell them tell tell our listeners where you're from, what do you do right now? 
60 seconds. Go. Yes, let's go. So I'm Ian Zumbach. I grew up in Albany, New York, moved to Nashville area about four years ago. I write uh, Christian songs from a storyteller, singer-songwriter perspective. I'm on a record label called Old Bear Records. I had a recent album that came out called The Table, and I've been touring for about two years in support of that. And um, and yeah, and you're one of my best buddies, so Aww. I'm excited to do this. So that's Me that's the 60-second elevator speech. Yeah, very good. I think you came in well beneath the wire there. Okay, good. Uh, my name is Joel Russo. I also moved to Nashville of the same month, I think, that, that Ian did. We didn't know each other at that point, but, um, yeah, we've, we've, we've written a lot together and, and hung out quite a bit since then, as much as people who are on the road a lot can right. <laughs> when they're both home. Um, yeah, so I'm, currently I'm in a band called Carrollton. We're on Centricity Records. Centricity Music record label, and um, I do a lot of writing and production, and yeah, I write songs, produce songs. I do a lot of other stuff on the side in music, and that's kind of what what I'm planning to do for the next future. So yeah, that's where we're at. That's who we are. Ian just had an album come out this year called The Table, and then... And we just had an EP come out called Made for This. Um, so yeah, we were both in the middle of it. We're both people. We were both in the middle of what people call album cycles. Yes, you know. Um, oh, is that the term? See, I learned something new today. I, I there you go. Album cycle. The more you know. Yeah, like an album cycle would be, you know, from. I'm assuming it starts before, but when an album is released and then you have the process of releasing a single and then like another single or how you do promotion, all that stuff. It looks different for every artist or label. Well, we figured that, um, that the best thing to do to start this thing off would be uh, to talk about something that we both do a lot of and is a big part of a lot of our discussions when we talk about stuff, which is co-writing. Yes, and that's how we we met met basically Absolutely. and yeah for me personally when i i started co-writing before i actually moved down here i would come down from massachusetts to write not often but sometimes over skype and stuff after after i would make an initial connection um but ian why don't you just tell tell us what you think co-writing is or if if someone out there their jaws on the floor. Their jaws on the floor, and they don't know what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Co-writing is a process where at least two songwriters come together and write a song. That's, I guess, a, the most basic summary that I can give. That was terrific. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, it's something that, like we said, we, we both have taken part of quite a, quite a bit, and uh, and it's something that... I think it takes a lot of humility and it takes a lot of kind of knowing yourself and it takes a lot of failure. Yeah. <laughs> you got I almost have, you have to kind of work towards it from uh -huh. you, you if you're at all like protective like super super protective of your yeah. of your ideas and of your music then it's it's kind of a tough road to navigate or mm -hmm. get there because you really do have to you have to have the idea that we're working towards yeah making the best song possible. And if that means that my idea doesn't get used or gets changed, then you have to be okay with that. Yeah, and, and uh, it, it I've heard a lot of people kind of compare it to the art of improv, you know, mm. or improvisational comedy or acting or whatever, whatever your frame of reference for that is. But um, the idea of yes and the idea of of you know so someone says one thing and then the other person's the implicit drive behind what they're saying is yes and it's never no but right <laughs> you know it, and i've i think when i first started co-writing maybe you did too i think i definitely i mean partially cuz i hadn't done it much and partially because i just written fewer songs i i know that i definitely kind of held my ideas pretty close mm. and 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 you know I would I would come into the co-write with a certain idea of how I wanted it to go and sometimes the people that I was writing with I am assuming a lot of my ideas weren't great and mm. they could kind of see that 
you right. know, and so they would kind of go about shifting it a little bit, trying to change it. And, and as time goes on and as, as you do it and you see the results of it, the thing that everybody has told you is confirmed, which is that like, it has to be cooperative. You have to say yes. You it has to be a group thing, right? You know, or else there's no point in it because you can. The thing that I always, I try to tell people is like, if 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 I'm co-writing with someone who's done very little of it, you know, I I try to tell them like, maybe this song isn't a co-write song. You know, mm. like if if this song is really important to you, if this song is really like personal, or you have it all figured out and you've meticulously like you know, you've just spent so much time on it, then like maybe it's a song that you just do by yourself, you right. know, and you and that's fine. People do that all the time. Uh, but I think putting your, that's where I think kind of putting your pride aside is, is huge because I think the underbelly of that, of that idea of like bringing that kind of song is you're kind of wanting to show it off, I think. You sure. know, you're like, oh, look what I did. And you're kind of looking for validation where you're not, and who's to say if that's what everyone's doing. But I know for me, there's been a couple of times where I, th I think I've thought that. I've thought like, oh, these guys are going to see how good I am. And then I'm not thinking about what's the best song we could be writing right now. Right. And right. as with everything, it's like the song is what it's about. And it has to be that. And there's no, you know, there's no shortcut uh, to to having a good song. Yeah, everyone involved has to be like, has to be directed in that way. Absolutely, and I, I and to your point too, there there have been I can remember one instance in particular where a guy brought a song idea. Actually, he had a song and he wanted to deconstruct it. It was came out of a very very personal space, and and we had to have that conversation beforehand that. Man, I know that this is a very, very personal song to you. So I don't I want to tread very lightly because I know it came from a place of mm. pain and struggle and all that kind of stuff. But if we're going to move it into an area where we're trying to get the very best song, then then you're opening yourself up to us like looking at it from almost a yeah. perspective of, well, maybe maybe different words could be used here to convey a point and yeah. and and so you're opening up a so having that permission ahead of time, I, I, I don't. I have to admit, I don't really like to deconstruct songs. You know, personally, I like to come into a writing session and right. start. Yeah. Start with an idea together. Yeah. That's, that's the way. It, I think it's supposed to it's supposed to work. Sure. Yeah. I, well. Yes. I think also like I think the more that I do it, the more I also realize that there's no there's no right way to do it. I, I think I I used to think when I first started. That I, I made it a goal, and I can't. I, I still do, but um, I made it a goal to always bring at least one or two ideas, meaning like a, a finished chorus, mm. or, or or a first verse or something. And that would be, you know, like I, at least I was bringing that. At least I was bringing something that way. We'd have something to jump off of. Sure. And that is a good idea. You should do that. But I think I started to think that. Every co-write had to be from the germ of an idea that we had already had beforehand that one of us had, and and since then I've just written with so many great writers who who have maybe started with a drum beat mm. or have started with an idea that we're just talking about right then, like we're, we're just naturally we're talking about something in the conversation and we just say hey let's write about that or. Or maybe it's a you know a session that they've been like working on, and they just have a thing. They have like a little musical idea that they want to do, um, or maybe they're trying. They want to use another song as like a template, you know, to say like, "Hey, this is I want I want this kind of feel." There are just so many different ways you can come at it, and I think the longer that I do this, I think the the more I just embrace that, and I try to kind of go. I try to, I think maybe just match the energy of who else, <laughs> yeah. you know, who I'm go, who I'm with. And with us, I think all the songs that we've written, it tends to be from that, that idea thing. Cause that's the way that I think we both kind of naturally gravitate towards, right. you know, where we have an idea that one of us either brings up or we've already talked about it or whatever. And then we start there and then go somewhere else. And that's a good point for the listeners too, is sometimes just the song idea is going to dictate 
the sound and the aesthetic of the mm-hmm. song too, because um, that's so important when we're when we're writing. You know, I mean, yeah. there are times where it's going to totally break form, but I think most of the time, a lot of a lot of the idea of the song and what we're trying to say is going to drive the sound and the direction and the tempo and the yeah all those kinds of things. Yeah, I think that's. I think the most important. Well, I I want to get into kind of like some kind of paragons of co-writing, or or should I say maybe some a maxim or a uh, I don't know the meat. Yes, yes. <laughs> or a rule of thumb, so to speak, of uh, of what what you should be doing in co-writes, what you shouldn't be doing. Um, I think an overall thing, though, and I kind of already said this, but like I think an overall art, overarching principle is is just that everyone involved has to be pointed towards the song. Like everyone involved has to be willing to give up any level of you know personal gain or personal pride or whatever, so that the song itself is better. Right in the end, and. And if you don't have that, it's technically possible to have a to have it like to get a good song out of it, but it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I go back to people like you or other people that I've, I've written with a lot, there's a there's this trust there. When you start that co-write with someone that you've written with before, there's this implicit trust that like, oh, okay, Ian's not going to bring in something that he isn't going to change for me. If I have a great idea, he's not going to try to change it just for the heck of it, you know, like to, to, to say that he changed something, you know, like there's that kind of trust there. Cause I mean, on some level, it's kind of, it's a business move, Mm. you know? And, and I think, and as you go, you know, and as you go and you get more involved with like publishing and record labels and that kind of thing, you do have to think about shares, like how much of the song do you own Mm. 50, 50 and, Part of like, and not everyone does it this way, but I think for for my money at least, like the way that I think it's it should work is that like if you're writing it with someone else, you each get 50%. A lot of people, especially non-Nashville people, might see it differently. And they'll, I've heard of a lot of people kind of divvying up, you know, like saying, so. well, I think I came up with 70% of the song because you only came up with like the second half of the bridge and like, the first line of the chorus, you know, or whatever. Mm. And again, that's just something where it's like, I think from kind of bottom up, it, that's just kind of, I don't know. Like I, I can't, again, you're already closed. You're already closed fisted, you know, right. with, with what you own of the song. And I think that's probably going to like translate into the writing session if you know that the other person feels that way. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's times where, where it would make sense, you know, if, if you get yeah. a, like a massive artist that comes in on the backside of a of a song and wants to change a couple of lines and the song is going to get a ton of exposure, totally. then, then there's there's a consideration mm-hmm. for that, mm-hmm. especially if you have kids to feed, you know, I'm sure yeah. there's, there's a consideration yeah. there. Well, we've even but, done that. We've even done that where we wrote a song and then someone else came in at the end and helped us write the bridge. And so, and we felt like it was fair to just say ten percent that they get ten percent of it because we had already written so much of it, and we also both contributed to that bridge. So it was kind of like, you know, in that case, yes. Like, but the terms I think were talked about maybe up front or, or right. I don't remember, but but yeah, if if it's fair, it sh- I, th- I think it should seem fair to all parties, you know, and that's easier said than done for sure. But um, that's like, for example, with our band Carrollton, like. Everything that we write on is split four ways evenly. So there are a few of the songs on the album that I didn't write on at all. Like I didn't even, and and we all touched the songs. Like you know, we figured right. it, we made up our parts and we sang on them and and arranged them and that kind of thing. But there are a few songs on there that I you know I didn't do anything to until we started tracking the album. You know, mm. the song was done. You know, but what. I'm not saying that's how it's supposed to be, but I'm saying that the four of us have chosen to to do that because, man, if if you're trying to put, you know, if you're trying to put like 10 songs on an album and you're trying to put the song, on, you know, 
that that year of the writer on mm. on that album over as someone else's song or someone that maybe they have a bigger share of you know that's just not we 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 totally wanted to you know avoid that and on top of that like yeah like who's to say you know who's to say that so and so uh, you know, that this one person gave more to the band than this person. Like we're all kind of in it together. And like Justin, our lead singer, he sings the songs and he's a writer on most of the songs on the majority of them. But like, you know, he, he knows that the rest of us are driving the van. Right. Right alongside him. Right. And the rest of us are loading in and setting up merch and doing monitor checks and, and we're all singing and we're all away from our families and we're all bringing ideas to the table and we're all doing all this stuff. And so, you know, he knows that like, even though his voice is on it, he knows that he he's depending on us as well. You know, that it's a four-way street. And again, that this is a special circumstance. I'm not saying you need to do that. If you're in a band and you write all the songs and the other people in the band don't contribute any music or lyrics and they're just playing their instruments, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's uh, necessary or maybe even a good idea to just share all of your publishing or royalties with sure. them. Because like, there needs to be credit where credit's due with this stuff. Um, but like it, I I don't believe that in any way you should be you shouldn't be open handed with this stuff because it goes a long way as far as personal trust and as far as working relationships. Absolutely, and um, it's healthy. That's a healthy. You want mm-hmm. almost you know when you're developing the, the the dynamics of songwriting sessions, you want to cultivate a a level of of healthy relationship. And yeah. I've heard somebody say like in terms of like Christian faith that like if I'm not a if I'm not a like a, a good co-writer then I'm probably not a, like even like a very good Christian sure. in a sense because yeah. there's a, a level of humility and and trust and and bringing right. those elements of serving yeah. each other in the process is, is just an out I guess a an um, outward expression of like a religious belief of a Christian and so and so um, yeah, I remember being in a co-writing session once, and I felt like I wasn't bringing much to the table mm-hmm. at all. And when we got to talking about that, that whole um, the split thing, we we still split the song three ways mm-hmm. because the one guy who was a little bit more mature than I was and a little bit older, he said, "You know what? Just the fact that you are here today, your presence, there was something yeah. about you being here that that changed the dynamic of right. the room." That that even the ideas that you might have thrown out that we didn't use might have led to other ideas, and yep. so I think that's a really. For, I guess that might be an encouragement to people who feel like, man, sure. I'm in a writing session, yeah. I'm out of my league. Mm-hmm. If you're in that writing session, there's a reason that you're that you're there, and so so, you know, definitely try to challenge yourself and come up to the level of the writers that you're with as as so much as you can, um, but. But you're only going to get better by by being with those people. And some people move a lot of luggage in writing sessions, especially some <laughs> of the guys that yeah. that are more experienced. Totally, you know? yeah, yeah. I that's total. Like, I think if you talk to anybody, anybody, even the people that you look up to like crazy, even the people that have more cuts than anyone else you know, like they're all going to have that story. Like anyone who's written a lot of songs with other people has that story. Has been part of multiple co-writes like that, where they feel like they just didn't bring anything. And every it seems like the other two. It's usually a, a, a co-write with three people, you right? Know? Where right. it feels like maybe those two other people are really just gelling, and you're just the third wheel. The in third it. wheel, right. you know. And sometimes, to be fair, sometimes those are actually bad co-writes. Like mm. I, sometimes those are like. If two people get on, you know, the same page and and they're just going for it and they're kind of leaving out that other person, like that's not good, you mm. know, like that's that it requires some awareness on their part. And and to that, I'd say like it is important to to know who you co-write with, you know. After a while, you do want to be somewhat selective, sure. You know, as Absolutely. far as like wanting to make sure that you're that the time you're putting into it is yielding good songs. And and you know that if you write with certain people, you're going to get those good songs. But like, yeah, everyone's had that story and you just feel awful because you're in the back of your head. You're like, oh, I'm getting 33% of this or whatever. And like these guys totally know that I don't deserve it. And, you know, and this sucks. But you're right. Like 
as you, I, and that's a, that is a really mature viewpoint to have. Like, hey man, like I'm sh- this song wouldn't have been what it ended up being without you in the room, right. you know. And it's just true. Even if it was something that you weren't feeling, even if like the two of them had this idea, and the only thing you brought to the table in that session was like, I don't know. I don't know. Right. I don't know if we should go in that direction. Yeah, like, I don't know. Can we get something better? You know, like, even if it was, if it's nothing more than that, you have your thumbprint on the song. Sure. And I think it is so important to to give grace in that, in that situation. Yeah, to, to say, listen, this isn't important. We all decided on this at the beginning, and by the end, we're all in this in the same, the same way. Because the, uh, the flip side of that is like, you don't want a world where you measure it all up at the end, like I was saying. And I know some people do that. And I, there are a few stances I will take on this podcast as far as the ways you're supposed to do it or not. Sure. But like, I feel pretty strongly that you shouldn't do that. <laughs> you mm. know, at the end of the right, you shouldn't say like, all right, well, the three of us came in here to write this song and I feel like you contributed 15% of it. So there, the other two of us are going to split it. If you know that that's coming, that's not a safe place for you to create. It's that's not a right. safe place for you to like to contribute or to open up or all the, and all those things are so crucial to making a good song. Good art. Yeah. Good songs. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about just some rules of thumb. Yeah. Or some, uh, yeah. Maxims, some like some phrases that maybe we can kind of leave people with as far as like, this is what you should be doing. This is what you shouldn't be doing. I'm going to start off with something that during a co-write, I think you really shouldn't do. Okay. And that's say no. Mm. Now, I'll put a little caveat there. Like it's, you shouldn't never say no, but you should never be in the habit of saying no. If you're the person in the co-write who's saying no to ideas, you're probably, you're probably dragging the whole thing down with you. Mm. (laughs) And it, Again, it, it really depends on who you're with, and it really depends, you know, you, like I said, you got to make sure you're writing with the right people. I get all that, but you you have to stay collaborative, yeah. and the only way to do that is to uh, give other people's ideas validity, even in your own mind, acknowledging the fact that I don't see the song going that way. I think that line's terrible. Mm. Uh, like, what are they thinking? There are going to be moments like that. Yeah. And in that moment, like, the right thing to do is I don't think it's to say no. I, I think it is to say, let's see how we can make that work. Because sometimes that is going to lead to what actually works. Now, the, the the caveat I was talking about is I think once you've written with someone for a while, mm. you can feel much more freer or more free to shoot ideas down because you have an emotional health there between you and you have an emotional response to each other. And so you know that that person, it's not personal. You know that that person believes that you have good ideas. It's a much more safe space. Um, so I would say that if you, if you are, if you write with someone a lot, I'd say you can, I, I personally, I feel less afraid of, of kind of saying no and saying like, no, I don't think it's supposed to go there because not only do I trust you, but also you're trusting me now. You're right. trusting me enough to listen to no, to listen to like, oh, okay. You know, like I, you said no and you don't say no very much. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, all right, uh, this is probably not the way we want to go. Joel has a vision for this part of the song that like I should listen to. Um, but yeah, so I would say that's my first thing. Just if you can help it, sometimes some people can't just don't say no, don't, don't say no to ideas. Don't shoot other people's ideas down. You'd be amazed at the things that you will end up coming up with. And, uh, yeah. And the hoops that you end up jumping through that might lead to something really great. Sure. And it all comes from an idea that you thought was terrible. And <laughs> absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah. So as as you're as you're talking, I started thinking, I guess to uh this might be like a two-part thing, but mm. I think something that I think is an incredible no no in terms of songwriting. For one, I think it should be identified like w- what is the 
what, what, where are we taking this in terms of like, is this for somebody's project? Is this, are we, mm. are we just writing to be creative? And, and yes, that's, that's, you and I do that. We just right. write and we're, 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 Figuring out you yeah. know songs and things, but there's there's some cases that are you know we're writing specifically for a project. Okay, we know this artist has four or five songs that they need for a project. And we're writing specifically for them, or we're writing for publishing, or, or or whatever that it is that we're writing for. It's very helpful to have those parameters at least in place because I think it does help focus and dial in the direction yeah. that we take. But to that point, if you enter into a if you enter into a songwriting session with somebody and you spend three hours writing a song with them and you don't finish it, you don't take that song to somebody else and start writing it with somebody else. That's to yeah. me is like a cardinal sin. Yeah, that'd be a big no no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I've seen that happen. I and sure. It's, and it's yeah. like I mean, to, to to it's it's very much sometimes you can you can credit it to inexperience and immaturity and just um People not having seasoning as, as songwriting sure. as songwriters and understanding some of like the unsaid rules of of songwriting and co writing with people, but unfortunately there are people that actually do it, you know, and just without even thinking about, you yeah, know, just like thinking like, well, I have an opportunity to go write with this guy. And we started yeah. a pretty good song, so I'm going to go finish right. it with this guy that might have a little bit more songwriting clout than the guys I just wrote it with. And and if that happens, like. Just be like I've had a few friends of mine or just co-writers call me and say, "Hey, I'm going into this co-write this thing that we never finished together. Do you mind if mm-hmm. I bring it to to this person, or if I am I are you cool if I try to if I bring this person in on it? Right. And then and if that's the case, then like you as the person who was called, like you should say yes. Again, with it not holding on to things too tightly. But yeah, the intent should always be communicated beforehand. Absolutely. You should never just... Just do it. Find Yeah, they should never find out later that you use their song, <laughs> that you use the song that you wrote together and finished it with someone else and now it has a different name or whatever. Or even in addition to that, like take a song that you wrote and rework it or rewrite yeah. it with somebody else oh, and then yeah. go back to you and say, hey, we reworked that song that you and I yeah. did together because... I think you and I have talked about this. Sometimes, you know, the song was written in the space that you wrote it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to rewrite or change some yes. things, I think you can go back and maybe talk about that. But if you're like totally tearing it down and building it back up and rewriting the whole thing, yeah. to me, it's that that's 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 uh, bad songwriting etiquette as well. And it, it never hurts to ask, you know, with this stuff. Like th- there have been a few times with, with different songs where we start – this happened a couple times with Carrollton and and a couple times just on my own, but like I I or we would start writing a song with someone that they had started before and it just didn't go anywhere. And we spent a couple hours on it and it just was like, it's not any better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone kind of knew it. And either then later we asked them if we could keep working on it with someone else or by ourselves. And they said, actually, man, my original idea, like I kind of had an idea for it. I think I kind of want to keep it for this other artist, you know, mm. that like I kind of had this vision for it. Then, yeah, you got to respect that. Sure. And you have to let them, you have to let them be in control of their own intellectual property you right. know, in that way. But at the same time, it can't hurt to ask because for every one of those, there's probably going to be two or three. Oh, no, that's fine because people hopefully are, you know, have business minds and they think, oh, well, if they want to take a song that I've started and I don't have to do any more work, but I'm, you know, I still make as much or close to the same amount of profit off of it. That's kind of a no brainer. Sure. Um, Yeah. And that's another thing, like just again with like song shares, like you always have to just make sure it's up front and that you talk about it because you don't ever want to say like, again, with that, you don't want to say like, Let's say someone else owned fifty percent of the song, and then you were like, "Hey, I brought it to this other person. You kind of have twenty five percent now, right? <laughs> you know, like right. that's that kind of almost adds insult to injury." Sure. <laughs> um, I think you you said this, but I want to like kind of reiterate it as like another big point. Like it it is super important to know what you're writing for 
it is so important to like make sure that you're uh, that you're both on the same page or the three or four of you, or however, however many people are in the room, but that you all know what you're writing for and you all know, like, are you writing for one of you as an artist? Are you writing for an artist who's not in the room? Are you writing, like you said, just to be creative? Because even that, like, I think a lot of people get together and they're like, man, I just want to write songs. Mm. Man, I'm so sick of, like, writing, you know, for radio or whatever. <laughs> I just want to write a good song, you know? <laughs> That's fine, but that's a decision that you need to make at the top, right? That's a decision that you need to make when you start writing the song. You can't just write every song that way. You know, that's just not how it works. Right. Um, And and just to that point, I found, like, the more deeply we get into songwriting, like, we have less and less time because we're on the road, we've got families, we've got all this stuff going on. So the idea of of co-writing as, like, a speed dating service, it just doesn't... (laughs) It's it's not um, it's not even reasonable yeah. uh, at this point. So you gotta like even yeah. be selective on some level totally. of like of, of of how you're spending your time investing mm-hmm. into your writing sessions because because you do want to make sure that like what you're writing for that that hopefully possibly it will serve an artist yeah. and they might take it and record it or you know whatever that it, whatever that it is. But hopefully there's an end to that and it's not just yeah. trying to chase down a song for totally for something. Just for the sake of it, or even mm-hmm. not to sound ugly, but we're we're, we're real talking here on on the Ripple yeah. Effect podcast. <laughs> I mean, this is sometimes you know you can feel like in Nashville, and like you and I have said, we we not necessarily hugely wildly successful, but we're doing it, and we probably have more influence than some some intermediate and beginner mm-hmm. artists and stuff, right? But it's it's kind of makes you feel a little bit icky, like like you might be asked to do a writing session just so you can be like an Instagram post, you know, or, sure. or like a notch on somebody's belt that says, yeah. oh, you know, hey, I wrote with this guy. So, right. you know, if I'm writing with this guy, maybe you'll <laughs> consider writing with me too, you know. <laughs> it's very, it makes you feel very weird. Yeah, it, there can be a kind of a dark networking side of it for sure. Like a kind of a, a, a side of it where someone's just trying to write with as many big names as they can or, or just as high profile of, of a co-writer as they can get is that can land. And like you said, yeah, hopefully in their mind, it just leads to bigger stuff. And you can always tell when that's going on because they're just not present right? <laughs> you know, in that right or whatever. <laughs> um, if they're trying to like use you or whatever. Um, and it is exciting to write with, you know, sure. guys that are, I mean, I know you've written with some, some very well-known guys and I've had the yeah. opportunity to write with some guys too. And, and, but at the same time, we've I've, both written with guys. We've both written with guys. Yeah. Yep. But to me at this point, I find it's, it's more valuable to find that core team in the, of, yeah. of guys that you really gel with, you right. know, like, for, yeah. like you or Absolutely. Chris and Anthony or Jessica, yeah. you know, just work with the tribe of people that you have real mm-hmm. genuine chemistry with. That's totally what I was thinking for my next point. And it's kind of a complicated point. So I don't even know if it's a point, but <laughs> basically the idea of, is this, when you start writing, specifically co-writing, I think it behooves you to write with as many people as you possibly can. Mm. And and don't think about, is this person cool enough? Is this person popular enough? Does this person have a big enough reach? Uh, is this person good for my career? At the beginning, you know, your goal is to write as many bad songs <laughs> as right. you can. Absolutely. And hopefully some good ones too, but like you're you're cutting your teeth so you don't you don't want to be picky because my first year in Nashville, when I moved down, I have I have like a sheet over here on my computer. I forget exactly how many, but like, you know, in my first year down here, I probably did like 80, maybe 80 co-writes or 100, which is a lot. Which is a lot and there are a lot of and that's me not knowing anybody. Right. <laughs> that's me, like, through the few contacts I had, getting hooked up with other writers and, and yeah, just always trying to keep at least two or three a week, just not even thinking about it. No, no quality control. So that's how it is at the beginning, and it should be that way. However, and there's a twofold reason I'm saying this. However, as you progress, like, you're going to start being more selective like you just said, like, you know, the people that you write with that you know you have trust and uh, chemistry with, you're going to start shifting more to those people and you're going to take less and less rights from 
from whoever's, you know, from people that you have no idea who they are or whatever. Um, the other reason I say that is because being on the other side of that can feel really crappy. Mm. You know, being on the other side of that and feeling like, man, like so-and-so, they're too big for their britches or whatever, you know, like they're mm. so-and-so isn't going to write with me. I'm, I'm unimportant. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just not important enough to them. Well, you're, you're not hitting the nail on the head, but that that's kind of true. Mm. <laughs> you know, like it, it's not that you're not important, but like his time or his or her time is important right. to them, right. you know, because as you get, if you're a big time producer or, or let's just say a busy producer or a busy writer or a busy artist or some mixture of those three, your time just starts filling up right. like you never thought it would. And it's just not like it, you just don't have time to do that. You, you want to make sure that the time that you're spending is quality time and that you're spending it on things that you, that you believe in and that you think are, are, are good and if I have the opportunity to write with you versus someone who I just met at a show or whatever, then like I'm prob I'm gonna want to pick you because I know that I don't have to. We don't have to introduce each other, ourselves to each other. We don't have to go through all these different things. We can just jump right in. Right. And we know. I know. Like I said, Ian's not gonna take things personally. Ian knows I'm not gonna take things personally. It just works. And so that's just a, you kind of have to deal with that. You have to know that that that's going to happen, especially when you're just starting and you're trying to break in. Like, obviously your goal is you want to be one of those few people, but you're just not going to be at first. Right. You, you know, you're, you, there are going to be people that you might feel kind of shunned by. And I certainly did. Mm -hmm. And I think looking back on it now as someone who I just don't have that much time, I have like I had three shows last weekend. I have another three or four this weekend. I have three days at home. We just bought a new house. And so I have all the, I have all this stuff to do. I have to mow the lawn. I mowed half my lawn today because right. that was all the time I had. Right. It's not that you're not important enough. Right. It's not that they don't care. It's just that it's it's that their their schedule is is full of stuff and they and they're trying to be they're trying to be intelligent about how they spend it. That being said, like I think it's still super important. I, I still try to write with anybody who asks me to write. Mm. The only reason I would say no is if I had something else that day, mm. <laughs> you know, or if I had a ton of other stuff and I only had one day at home or something like that. Or if I'm just slammed and I know that like, oh, you know, that time next month, I'm going to have these deadlines coming up. I'm going to have all this stuff. I'm just not going to have time that day. And I mean that legitimately, like I'm sure. not looking for... I'm not looking for a... Can we give your email out? Right yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, okay. Uh, it's Ian Zumbach <laughs> at ianzumbachtour.com. No. Um, no, but like, yeah, like I'm not, and I'm not making, you know, th that's legit. I'm not trying to right. make excuses, no, but no, like, true. I, I still want to write with anyone who wants to write with me because for a lot of reasons, but especially because like, I just don't want to be a bad person. <laughs> I don't right. want to like make that person feel bad. And I want to give them a shot. And who knows, maybe they're amazing. I try to, you know, you try to, and maybe they're just starting it out and they're really bad and they need to write with people just like other people wrote with me when I was really bad or really green. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a great point. And I think just to share that in balance too is is so important because we're not saying like mm. you're not important to us because actually really one of the greatest privileges that we have as songwriters and experienced songwriters is when we do get to, to share that experience and yeah. share that wisdom with people and come alongside people. And so that I tell you, that's a place where I'm personally conflicted a lot because I do have limited time. Mm -hmm. So if there are people that do reach out to me and I, and, and I, there's a few people that I've been really wanting to write with for a while and even people I've have a history of writing with, but I haven't been able to write with them in, in a while, you know, it's, I just hope that they yeah. understand it's not personal. It's just, sometimes it's, it's yeah. just very much, limited time and then the times I am writing actually are very specific because I know that there's a project coming yep. down the pipeline in February that's going to be recorded and I've already committed to, to making sure that I've been a part of writing for that project and that, that kind of thing. So I have to prioritize my time that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, even the two of us, we keep talking about how we've written a lot. Like we just probably had like a year between co-writes, right. you know, and in the meantime, we had a bunch of Chipotle lunches yes. and started a TV show. And right. so like, 
it's not that we, you know, in that case, it was that was just kind of what we needed. We were both on the road a lot, and we didn't need to co-write with anybody. We just needed to hang out with somebody, you know, and be home um, and hear what was going on with each other. Right, and that's a perfect segue into yeah. maybe another thing that we mm. can encourage young young writers that are ambitious uh, or maybe just young in the songwriting. They're trying to get co-writes. It, it, it means a lot to people, I think, that are songwriters if you take the time first to actually want to get to know them and mm. find out about their lives. Because when we first met, I remember I'd played my, my independent uh, EP for John Mason and, and he said, and he gave me some feedback on the project and, and he was, you know, he, he's, he's always been a good about, you know, giving you the good stuff and then giving you the honest, honest critiques on your songwriting. So I think you could really benefit from, from doing some co-writing. So. Mm. And that's how you and I were introduced. And so technically yeah. you were my first co-write in, in wow. Nashville. So that's how about that? I didn't even know that. Yep, yep. And so, but but I remember you and I sat down over over Baja Burrito mm -hmm. and we talked for a while, we got to know each other. And then once we felt like we had a, a chemistry yeah. personally, it was like, okay, now we can ask, like we should get together and, and try to yeah. do something, collaborate creatively. Yeah. Because when there are times where you do meet people and like, hi, how you doing? Hey, we should get together and write sometime. And it's like, man, I don't know you yet. Let's, let's yeah, start there. There's a know? line there for right. sure. Like there's a fine line as far as like getting to know somebody first. Because sometimes it's like you just get set up in a way and it, it's fine. You know, it's like you. Sure. You're just writing and you don't know each other that well. And so and maybe you will as time, go, as the write goes on. There's nothing wrong with that. But I agree. Yeah. Like. If you can, if you can help it, I think it, yeah, it, there's a there's a huge upside to maybe having a couple conversations first right. and knowing that other person. Because again, it's, you know, trust and... Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I think probably on the independent side, it makes sense to do that. Obviously in the world of like publishing, mm, you know, yeah, you're yeah. going to get arranged and sometimes sure. you strike gold. Mm -hmm. You know, actually Daniel Doss, I, I mm -hmm. didn't mention him. We've both written with Daniel mm -hmm. and he's... One of my favorite writers to yeah. write with too. He's just he's great. Blast and he's really good. Yeah, um, something you just said reminded me of another thing that I was going to kind of tag on that last part about like writing with fewer people as time goes on and just how that tends to happen. It's not just fewer people; it's strategic. It's you're writing more strategically. When I first moved to town, and I started kind of learning who the big writers were or like who the really good writers were, I made it my goal. I don't even know if it was my goal, but like I kind of, I kind of made it a goal to like write with those people. Mm. So like, like Daniel, you're talking about Daniel, like someone like him or like a, uh, I think Benji Cowart or a couple other guys that were like, or Matt Armstrong. Right. These are all, all these guys are the word, guys. word, word, yeah. <laughs> word records. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, I think I saw them and I was like, ooh, that's how, who I got to write with. Once I write with them, you know, then I'll start. You know, that's where it starts happening. And what I didn't realize is that they're all writers and they're not like artists. Like Dan, Daniel and, and Benji both do artist stuff, but like they're primarily writing with artists and for artists' projects. And so my goal to write with them was not a good goal mm. because their goal is not to write with me. Writers write with writers all the time. That's fine. But like, I think what I didn't realize is that like my, what I really should be kind of aiming for as a writer and, you know, as someone, let's say someone who's not an artist, but as a writer is like, is to write with artists, right. you know, and like, and that's what they're doing. And so I think I had a bit of a unrealistic expectation of like, oh, well, I'm going to start writing with them, with Matt and Benji and, 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 you know, and then we'll start getting cuts together, you know, whatever. And I ended up writing with all those guys partially because of Carrollton and because I, then I was part of an artist. So then right. we would write with them because now there's something in the game for them. Um, but yeah, ju that's just something I don't, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily a role, I mean, a rule to give people, but just realize that like maybe, you know, uh, look at your goals and determine if they're actually realistic, you know, right. as far as who you're trying to write with, what you're trying to make happen, because 
as much as, yes, you should just be riding with as many people as possible, it's also good to kind of know where you're going, to know that you're, uh, when you do eventually become more selective and strategic, what is that going to mean? What are you going to be riding for? Right. And that's actually, I think, one of the big purposes of this podcast and mm. the video show is that there's a lot of people that are trying to break through the noise of everything else that's out there. In an age where we have more resources available to us to yeah. distribute our music and get it out there and, and have opportunities, there's so many people that are doing it that it's harder to stand out in a crowd technically. Totally. So, so, so dialing that in and being strategic and selective in a way about where you're going will actually help you break through some of that noise and get get further and have greater longevity, yeah. I think. When, when you this sounds that like maybe a future episode subject. Of the video series? Or, just or, or of this. Yeah. yeah, maybe like just being strategic with your choices and, and who you work with and 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 how it's not it's not a cold business decision, but it's just... It's, it's, it's just like li it's life. It's right. part of life is, yeah, is making good decisions. And sometimes maybe saying no to good things in order to have great things. You know? Right. That I mean, be, there's, that a, be big. there's a proverb that says, uh, without vision, people perish. And we're not saying that like songwriters are dying here, but we're saying like sure. the, the dreams and the goals could perish if there's not like concise, direct vision. Yeah, yeah. communication's huge. Yep. Cool. Well, I think that's a good little list. Um... I think that's probably good for this first inaugural episode. So, yeah, again, this is going to come out at, at least after our second TV episode. But um, remember, Old Bear Records um, is the sponsor of the show. Yep. And so, yeah, on their Facebook Live or on Ian's artist page. And we do have a Ripple Effect Instagram account now, which is the Ripple Boom. Effect underscore show. And Ripple you can Effect. find it. Is it the? It's the, yeah, the Ripple, the Ripple Effect, Effect underscore show. show. So make sure you follow us on Instagram. We post about the show there. We'll be posting Boom. about the podcast. And uh, yeah. 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 Let us hit us up. Let us know. We're in the baby stages of this. So if there's anything that you want to see that maybe would make you like the show better, hit us up. Let us know what's, what's uh, I don't know, what's gelling with you or maybe what's not. Yeah, and be sure you rate the podcast and uh, share it on your yeah. social medias. We would appreciate I, see, it. I even for, hadn't even thought that far ahead. Yeah, on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts, wherever this is, once it comes out, give us a good rating, please. We're, our lives depend on it. And our motto as we head out. <laughs> the full motto. The full motto. Plop, plop, plop little, little pebbles. pebbles. Plop, plop, little pebbles. See you all next time.